Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. The Vikings have signed up a hurdling running back for two more years. What does it mean for Dalvin Cook? I'm Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. It's time for me to finally admit that I was wrong about Garrett Bradbury. I just wasn't high enough on him. Sharif Hassan with Pro Football Network. It's time for me to finally admit that Luke Braun was wrong about everything. (laughs) We place blame where it is deserved on today's Minnesota football party. Locked on sports, Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota football party. And it starts now. Welcome, welcome. It's the Minnesota Football Party on a Thursday. I'm Sam Ekstrom on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. Joined by Lockdown Vikings host Luke Braun and Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan. Uh, Luke Inman joins the show in progress. On today's program, we got to get Braun and Hassan's reaction. <clears throat> I sound like Kermit the Frog today. Um, of the latest Vikings news, including Alexander Madison re-signing with Minnesota, Garrett Bradbury re-signing with Minnesota and the signings of Marcus Davenport, Byron Murphy, and uh, Josh Oliver as well. A full last four days in Minnesota Vikings land. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Get started at fanduel.com slash locked on. All right, gentlemen. Um, I want your takes. I want your takes on Alexander Madison. This is the latest breaking news dropped last night. The Vikings are indeed re-signing Alexander Madison. That was a scenario that was floated, and it would seem to spell the end for Dalvin Cook, who remains in flux. Luke Braun, what does this mean? I'm not sure it means the end of Dalvin Cook. Like, I can't possibly imagine a backfield tandem of Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. What an odd thought that we haven't been seeing for four years. But like, I I don't know. That contract is not that big. Feels like, all right, that's a guy that's part of a committee. And if anything, the logic would go, okay, that kind of makes it look like they're going to have a committee. And if they're going to have a committee, I'm not sure if that, you know, Dalvin Cook is a guy that's going to be part of a committee. But also, I'm not sure if anybody knows what happens with Dalvin Cook, including like the people in control of that situation might not know that yet. Like, I think everybody's kind of waiting on how other people's situations work out. Um, I, that's a, just a guess from me, the way that like trade talks have been reported, but then reported that it it's, they've kind of fallen apart and all that. Like, I, I think it's just a fluid situation and we don't really know how it will end, but with bringing Madison back in the first place, I feel, it, it's hard for me to have like any feelings on, I don't know. He's a guy and now he's getting just a guy money. Okay. He's getting enough money that you're not going to use him as little as you did last year or previous years. You know, um, 
And if you're using him more, I mean, you're not going to have Dalvin Cook on the roster and use him less to justify the the Madison money. Like I, I think that, I think that it's over. I think they would like to trade him, but we've we talked about this. The trade market's not robust for well, Dalvin it's, Cook. It's not just not robust; it's gotten worse, not better, as time has gone on. Because not only have we lost a number of teams willing to look into a running back as they've re-signed or signed running backs. New running backs have hit the market since we last talked. Austin Eckler hit the trade market in addition to Derrick Henry. Ezekiel Elliott was cut. I mean, it is tough out there to look for a Devin Cook trade partner. So, and plus, again, I do think the Vikings have a higher value in mind for Dalvin Cook than I think a lot of teams are willing to pay. I think that that's going to be part of the, the problem here. So, like, I what, what are they... What are the plans that they have in place for Dalvin Cook's, like, was it a $14 million cap hit? What, like, yeah. if they can't get a trade partner, do they cut him and take a $7 million hit? Like, I, that, that, one's, that one's pretty difficult to kind of wrap my head around because it is, it is really difficult to figure out kind of what team uh, is going to pass on, you know, two or three of the top running backs in the draft, is going to pass on Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry, and wants to be in on Dalvin Cook. Like, what compensation package could you put together that would make that team be that interested? So, yeah, re-signing Alexander Madison allows you to prepare for a world without Dalvin Cook, presumably with another running back, right? You're not going to have him lead. But I, I don't know how that executes. And, you know, often, you know, we've talked in the show about stuff that seems difficult or untenable or... I don't know how they resolve this problem. And then they resolve this problem. There's a plan that we don't know about and they've been doing something, you know, whether or not it's good or bad remains to be seen, but I currently can't see what that landscape looks like. The Vikings have done interesting is that, uh, is how much of Madison's money is guaranteed. It's like almost all of it, except he's got like a million dollars in incentives and then like 6.35 mil, I think of seven. Is guaranteed. That's so much over two years. That kind of tells us okay, is Madison practically is, guaranteed, or is it fully guaranteed? Uh, I we just it uh we don't know. It just said guaranteed. Mm. The report just said guaranteed. So to be seen. Uh, but yeah, that is. It, I guess it just signals that like Madison is part of the team's plan at least in some like material way. The Vikings have kind of <clears throat> worked some serious cap magic here, like with these backloaded deals and a lot of it non-guaranteed. Like Byron Murphy is only counting if over the cap is to be believed. Byron Murphy counts 4.9 <clears throat> against the cap this year. That's amazing. Josh Oliver counts 3.5. Garrett Bradbury counts... Oh, yeah, Bradbury's number is super low. 2.6. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now... Over the cap, not accounting for Madison, not accounting for Marcus Davenport, and the Vikings are still over the cap. So they do need to make... How about, like, what, $2 million, something like that? $2 million over, but then, I mean, I don't know how you hide the Davenport money. Like, if it's if the reported <laughs> figure... It's a one-year deal. They, if, I mean, it could be yeah. a one-year deal with voids, right? Like, that's the thing. Or with yeah. uh, uh, incentives. I, my, my guess is that there's not likely to be earned incentives that are tied to sacks. But yeah, that is right. totally a guess. <laughs> yeah, because mean, he only got half you, a sack. So you could say you get right. $10 million if you get one sack, which is really close to, you know, just 
money that just yeah, yeah, as, salary, as we're right? in Golston, sometimes that's pretty tough. <laughs> like that would be a real bad beat or like you know he could get injured in camp or whatever uh but it would if, if that were the case if he got 10 million dollars for one sack that 10 million dollars would actually count next year since we talked on monday the vikings next have made year. all these moves like we didn't have a chance to react on monday's show so what's your favorite move they've made since we signed off on monday morning arif uh man that's tough i don't love any of their <laughs> moves. I don't hate them, right? Really? Especially, in, yeah. Well, why? Okay. Well, so like, I'll go through them, right? So, like the Garrett Bradbury one, I think uh, looks a lot better now that we've got an understanding of what the the cap hit is, what the guarantees are, and it's. Um, I was worried that it was going to functionally be about a four million dollar cap hit. Now it's closer to two and a half. It's like whatever, um, which is fine given how much he's improved. I think that he is primarily going to be a bad center. But given how much he's improved, I think a two and a half million dollar almost to prove it is fine. Uh, Josh Oliver, I think, is a pretty good deal, but I can't get like excited. I can't love that deal. Right. I I think it's good. And I think a lot of people overreacted to it. And we can have more of a discussion about that. Davenport, unless until we hear the details of that, I think that he was so alarming last year in a lot of ways. Like I understand that if we look at pressure rate, his pressure rate was pretty good. But uh, divorced from that purely kind of spreadsheet type look, he looked bad like he was out of shape and he was out of shape the entire year he has never had a season with over 600 snaps i'm worried so if that is indeed something where you pay him 10 and there's three in incentives i think that's an overpay given what he's been able to do and i understand that you know his pff grades are good uh, i understand that he's been able to get pressure i understand but i mean i just i don't i don't really see it with him and maybe that's me holding on to biases i don't know um, so like what, what deal am I supposed to Byron Murphy? I think that he's overrated by Vikings fans. I think it's a good yeah. deal. I think he's a good deal. I think given the numbers that we've heard, was it 12 average low cap hit year one? I think it's a good deal. I think he's a, a decent man corner. I don't think he's like great. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I, I liked him on the market because I, I knew he'd be attainable financially. He's not the best corner in the, in the NFL, but Quazy's taking flyers on 20 somethings that still have room left in their prime. And maybe yeah, I can love use... the strategy that I can love. His strategy is maximizing flexibility. Um, and these cap hits, man, in year one are unbelievable. But they also might have been caught off guard by Zadarius's trade request, if indeed that's what happened, or his release request, whatever it might be, um, where right, they needed to go request. find an edge um, pretty quickly. And they get somebody that had Davenport negotiated one year prior is probably making well over 15 million a year, multi-year yeah, deal. For sure. Um, so this is, this is trying to, to basically do the Sheldon Richardson, a one year betting on himself deal. will get paid elsewhere next year. If it works out, this is a mercenary. He's one year, one year in Minnesota. That's it. Trying to up his value. Um, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with filling in cracks that way. I assume that Zadarius is gone. I mean, they're, they're not going to keep Hunter, Zadarius, and Davenport in that financial setting. I can't imagine. Um, so my, my question would be, are the Vikings done adding Luke Braun? Actually, well, we kind of skipped over this. What's your favorite move of the moves they made? Let's get to that first. Yeah, of all of them, I think I'm, like, pretty neutral kind of like Arif is on a lot of these, like Josh Oliver, I don't know, whatever. He's a blocking tight end. I think they paid a little more than that tends to be worth, but I, not by enough for me to really care. 
Marcus Davenport feels like a, for all of those reasons, like something of a, a reclamation project a little bit, uh, which is, that's a lot for a reclamation project, but again, not by enough. And, and I get like what your the, the ceiling is if you actually do manage to kind of get more out of him. Um, so like I get it, but I'm kind of eh, whatever about it. Uh, but Byron Murphy, I am pretty excited about, um, in watching him and getting to know him a little bit more, the skill set that he brings is really exciting. I love the fact that for kind of the last part of, uh, 2021 and the first part of 2022, before he got hurt, he was really like their shadow corner. Uh, and putting that in the Brian Flores scheme is a really, really important thing for them to have as somebody that can actually follow a talented receiver around like Devontae Adams or uh, DK Metcalf and follow that guy around or Devonta Smith against the Eagles. Follow that guy around and actually like uh, have an impact against him and, and not, not just survive. Say lock thrive. him down. I'm glad you didn't say because that would be well. No. Yeah, sure. He can shadow a guy and probably be better than if he didn't shadow. I don't know. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I would say, well, with Devontae Adams, I would say he did that, and that was incredible. Uh, DK Metcalf, not so much. He did not have his best game against Seattle, um, which is, I think, kind of exposes a lack of athleticism. You know, four five five guy, you can kind of see some of the bad testing show up in some of those situations. Um, but he's, you know, sound, technique sound. And I, I'm really excited about him, especially for the I'm price. Just we glad got there aren't I really any like fast it. receivers in the division for him to have to compete with. Right. I mean, that's so good that you don't have to worry about a Jameson <laughs> Williams or a Christian Watson or DJ Moore. I mean, I'm just really glad that that's not going to be something Look, two out of three of those four, guys. Five, I'm not four. convinced I have to worry about yet. <laughs> okay. I, I am a Christian Watson hater and Jameson Williams had one catch, but come on, you can't not be concerned. Uh, Jamison Williams has to pass the BB bar for me. All right. We'll, we'll wait for that. <laughs> we'll wait for more than one catch. <laughs> yeah. 20 catches, 200 yards, two touchdowns. Once he crosses that for a season, which has not we'll yet happened. Seriously. I will the take him seriously. It's going to, it's going to happen in three games, man. Let's like not pretend. Well, then we'll talk the... in three games, <laughs> but I'm not entertaining this for <laughs> seven months before that happens. We can talk right, week four. Right. That Byron, is totally Byron Murphy fine. gets to gets to lock down Amon Ross St. Brown, which is very valuable. I'll agree with that. Yeah. And then and then I don't know. Romeo Doves? I, don't know. I have Let's... no idea what the Packers are gonna be with Jordan <laughs> yeah, Love. So it's like so hard to project. Let's, let's talk Mayer. about that. Let's talk but, about yeah, that. But I'm I'm Packers tight end Michael Mayer. That's who he's gonna lock down. <laughs> Let's talk Rogers. I also want to rant about special teams a little bit, but today's show is Let's brought to you by Rogers. Yeah. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On, America's number one sportsbook. March Madness starts today. Um, go in and pick all 16 winners today. See what that parlay looks like. Um, that might be a nice little way to get started on FanDuel. And you can do it risk-free with the no sweat first bet. Get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So if your 16-team parlay uh, to win $8 million doesn't, doesn't pan out, uh, you can always get that back and try again. The FanDuel app is extremely safe, secure, and easy to use. Head to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Learn more about the no-sweat first bet. March Madness today, NBA coming down the stretch, NHL coming down the stretch, baseball getting started, future bets on the Masters, so many ways to wager at FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel Sportsbook. Do you know um, that FanDuel does uh, election props, Sam? 
politics? Let me find out. I, I, I don't think so. I feel like that's reserved for your, uh, your offshore. Typically, okay. could be wrong. Okay. Do you have some some strong election opinions uh, on this March sixteenth, twenty twenty three? Let me talk to Billboard. I'll get back to you. <laughs> uh, who watched McAfee? Raise of hands. Who watched oh, McAfee God. yesterday? I, I watched that. I, I actively yeah, I refused to. I didn't have to. It, Twitter live tweeted it for me. I I, had my I would liken to it, it to the Bachelorette after the final rose, where they withhold all of the actual like meat of the the interview until the end, um, or until deep into the show, and it involved a breakup and you know people mistreating rogers and his relationships it was very bachelorette whoa 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 whoa. he said he does not have a victim mentality okay sam so you have to you just have to trust that when he says that that so just whenever that down i just have to trust that when he he brings in a festivus list of grievances against the packers that when he says he has no ill will he's telling the truth there's no ill will yeah (laughs) Without malice, no bitterness, maybe bittersweet, but no bitterness. Uh, also, here's what happened in 2020. This executive did this. This executive did this. This executive did this. <laughs> also, I was going to retire, <laughs> and then I found out the Packers were talking behind my back. No ill will whatsoever. <laughs> no will, yeah. But they have, they have forced me to stick it to them because I took it personally, a la Michael Jordan. I, f- I feel like we have the one person who is like capable of destroying the New York media. Like, I feel like Aaron Rodgers can absolutely duel with it. Like you hear about like these young quarterbacks that are these like nice baby face guys. And they're like, they get drafted to the jets and you go, Oh no, the media is going to eat him alive. Aaron's going to punch back. And that's going to yeah, be that's, very funny. That's, that was one thing I find always really interesting in draft analysis, right? They're like, you can't have Josh Rosen go to New York and meet the New York media. You need like a nice, Sam Darnold and I was like nice why would you want that I just think no, you're gonna insane. hurt you like you're, you're trying to find ways for them to dodge bullets no you want someone who shoots back you're not dodging bullets man that's not how the New York media works so yeah I mean it's gonna be fun to kind of watch um I don't know how they're gonna handle Rogers's penchant for conspiracy I feel like that uh would seem important to some Jets fans to kind of get resolved uh who knows who fanned those flames on Twitter immediately after the announcement? I don't know. Let's not point any fingers. Um, but, uh, you know, that's that's probably something that should be evaluated. I think that um, his penchant for attempting to clear a runway for his desires, let's not use the words demand or wish list. That seems to be both of those are pretty bad. But, you know, making his ex- Right. <laughs> there you go. See? We're already, we're already on the way to, to being at the front page of the New York Post. Uh, but I, I, I feel like his, his, his desire to, you know, encourage familiarity on the roster uh, is going to be fodder for the New York media as well. Uh, again, we can't yeah. use the phrase wish list. I mean, that's just verboten. But, you know, they did sign Alan Lazard and Mercedes Lewis. Did they sign I love both of them officially? The, Did they sign Cobb? Uh, I think Cobb's in talks. I don't think they... What do you call him? Cobby? Cobby. He's I always called that. him Cobby. 
I hate that because it sounds like it's very. I would spell that K H A B I. That's how I would spell that. I hate that nickname. Yeah, you could have gone Cobber. You could have gone Cobblestone. I think Cobsy. Cobb Salad. I no Cobb Salad. You're so seventy. So Jordan Love, next Rodgers, next Favre. Is he the next great Green Bay quarterback? They've got to make a decision on his fifth-year option. I'm sure they pick it up. Um, So two years under team control. I don't know if he's good. I don't think that he is. Uh, I think that Vikings fans are are, It's very understandable their approach, uh, their fatalistic approach to this. I get it. Mm -hmm. I deeply understand it. But like, I don't see it. So, it, there is not a lot of evidence one way or another. Like we just haven't seen a lot of him. But the way the Packers have behaved does not like signal a lot of confidence. Uh, over you the mean last like when Rodgers was like, playing really awful this last year and they never benched him, like that kind of and, stuff. And when and when they. Did or he was injured or with that one Eagles game, I forget why, but yeah. Jordan Love came in. The offense contracted a lot, like the complexity of it contracted a lot. And so, from that perspective as well, it's crazy because Jordan Love knows all the hand signals. He he he's the he's the one that has to do the test now. <laughs> God, the, uh, Rogers, super secret hand signal meetings. <laughs> Rogers delegated the hand signals meeting to Jordan Love. He knows them all. Christian Watson would never miss one <laughs> with Jordan Love as QB. Right? There you go. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's that's why the Rodgers seemingly prefers Randall Cobb to Garrett Wilson, right? It's got to be the hand signals. Um, so let's let's power rank the quarterbacks in the division. Jordan Love probably defaults to last. Kirk in the Cousins absence of information, yeah, I probably guess. defaults to first. Jared Goff, two. Justin Fields, three. Okay, so I've been defending the back half of Justin Fields' season um, for a while, but I would say our presumption should probably be that Jordan Love is better. Um, so, <laughs> like, I... And Justin to, to Fields? Me, yeah. Um, to I don't me, know, man. I, I, I don't have a ton have of that. confidence in, in either. Um, to me, the issue with... with uh, if I were to 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 pick a generalized late first round quarterback, he would be better than Justin Fields, right? Just like on average, mm. a late first round quarterback is probably better than Justin Fields is right now. It's it's really hard for me to like envision a generalized late first round quarterback. Well, I mean, you've got your Teddies and Lamars and your Jordan Loves, right? That's like Colin Kaepernick was picked at the top of the second round. Eddie Dalton was picked at the top of the second round. Hmm. You chose the a lot of good examples of like, there. Prime Andy Dalton, better than Justin Fields, being like really hard to argue against is very painful for Bears fans. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I, I'm you just saying that thread some needles. <laughs> I'm just saying that that's probably where you start, and then you have to take into account that the Packers don't seem to have a ton of confidence in them until suddenly that they do, and so that's where your adjustment comes in. But I think. The thing was with Fields, I think that he is dangerous and that his ceiling is really high and that I'm worried because of the stuff that he showed. But if I were to pin a grade on him, it would be probably a C- minus or below. So it's Cousins, then Goff. And I know a bunch of Lions fans actually have Goff ahead of Cousins. And, you know, from an EPA perspective, I guess. 
But, you know, I think for over the course of the last couple of years, you put Cousins ahead of Goff. And then I think that there's a chance you could say Jordan Love right now is better than Justin Fields. Obviously, Jordan Love can come out and start looking like the next Hall of Famer, and he's the number one in the division. But, man, when Cousins, and this is like kind of shade to Cousins, I guess, but when Cousins is the top quarterback in the division, and for people outside of the division, that's kind of not a debate, that's that's not a great division for quarterbacks. Hmm. It is, it Detroit is a weird moment. adds Cameron Sutton, David Montgomery. Great move. They lose Jamal Williams. Yeah, that's um, Emmanuel Mosley. Good move. Really good move. So Detroit's going to be good. They made a bunch of good moves. Let's not. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not turn they, that they're into They're building something that can be real. At, but I, there, but there is just a it. limit to how much I can believe in them as, for as long as Jared Goff is their quarterback. I've seen too much yeah. from Goff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the deal that they signed Montgomery to is really good. Like six million a year, but like cap hits less. That's great. Um, yeah. The, the Sutton deal was pretty good. Like 11 or something like that. The Mosley deal is really good. Like these were like, not just like they added quality players and improved the roster in a pretty substantial way. They did it without breaking the bank. Like a bunch of good deals from Detroit. I'm excited to see where they go. Maybe they're the best team in the division. Right now, it's probably the Vikings. They're favored. Uh, go ahead. That's it. They're, go the ahead. Lions are favorites to win the division right now. I get it. Hmm. <clears throat> I want to rant about the special team situation. Um, just reminder, comment below. Let us know what you think about the NFC. Uh, power rankings right now, NFC North Power Rankings. Comment below on YouTube. Find us free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the Vikings retain Andrew DePaula, Pro Bowl long snapper. I've got no issue with that. But they bring back Greg Joseph, and they gave him an amount that makes me think they are committed to Greg Joseph. Why? Why? 28th in field goal percentage last year. Okay, well, maybe he has a track record that we can trust from from previous years. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. The issue with Greg Joseph, I know that his field goal percentage is like one of the worst in the NFL. I get that. The issue is not his field goals, right? Because he only missed one field goal under 50 yards last year. Like The field goal percentage thing is rough because the Vikings had him kick so many 50-plus. So I, I don't know, but, but the extra points thing is really bothersome. I will say that um, mm-hmm. 87% extra points, 90% last year. just seems like it's an issue. Um, third to last in extra points last year. Third yeah. to last in extra points the year before that. No. Cleveland, He's like inarguably a bottom no five team. picker. He's yeah, uh, probably <laughs> like I, I don't get maybe. it. I, so there's like two schools of thought. One is that you think Greg Joseph is good, which is insanely hard to defend. And the other is, ah, well, kicking regresses to the mean. And, you know, we, we believe that, that he'll like turn it around or, or that you're projecting some kind of improvement. But if you believe that kicking just like regresses, why are you bringing, like, why not just grab a random college kicker after the draft? If you believe that it's just like, oh, that, ah, kicker, okay, it doesn't okay, matter who you kicker okay. is, it's just kind of what, you know, like, I, that, I don't, that's, I really that's not to see quite a fair characterization here. I, so I will say that I generally agree with your point because people mischaracterize what regression to the mean is. They assume it means regression to 
NFL average. And for kicking, that is closer to true than it is for other elements of football. That's fair. Um, but it, it's regression to your kicker's mean. And the reason it regresses to the NFL average is because you don't know where your kicker is because the information we receive on kickers is so noisy, right? If you take a look at like the the yeah. field goal percentage graphs or whatever that that like Timo Risk puts out over pro football focus, the error bars are very wide which is what makes Justin Tucker so interesting, right? Um, because he is, after accounting for error bars, substantially better than everybody else. But um, if you, if you like, for example, like running backs don't matter, drops don't matter for receivers. If that is your approach and you get a guy, knowing that he runs great routes and drops the ball a ton, it's not part of your evaluation, you will end up at, with a bad receiver. You take a look at, I mean, you've been watching a lot of XFL. You take a look at AAF, XFL, USFL. Those receivers have bad hands, awful hands. Yeah. And it is, it, it substantially affects Dramas, the game. man. Te- teams with better hands at receiver, like that wins games in the XFL. It doesn't really matter in the NFL. And the reason is because there's a selection bias, right? The kickers who make it, the running backs who make it, the receivers who make it, have all demonstrated the level of their talent to the point where the distinctions between their kicking talent, their catching talent, their running back talent do not matter. But if you take an XFL running back and put him in the NFL, generally speaking, that guy sucks. He just sucks. And so the the regression of the mean stuff, why wouldn't you just take a random? That's not how it works. Because now you're taking someone out of the selection sample, out of the bias sample, into the NFL and they're just going to be bad. So most kickers will regress to the mean because they're NFL kickers. And I think Greg Joseph is an NFL kicker. I'm not a Greg Joseph defender. I wouldn't say he's bottom five, but he's probably bottom eight, right? Like I'm not arguing for the world here, right? But, you know, it's, yeah, like who cares about that difference, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, But I I don't think that that means you can just grab a guy off the street. I don't think you can, with Taylor Bertolette in the league, I think you could grab Taylor Bertolette and get more. Like I or the same. But, so I, I don't know the college kicking class and I will not learn it. I will refuse to do that. Uh, but I'll take somebody on their word. There's usually a couple guys that come in out after the draft that are worth taking a shot. And I hope that the Vikings give Greg Joseph some competition. If they're just bringing him back and he's got to beat another guy out. I, I kind of feel like that, that solves for itself a little bit. And it's like, you, all right, if he can go beat contract, rookie, does his contract allow him to lose a competition? I thought they guaranteed I, like two, two point five million. Oh, that's they did? Rough. I thought they didn't. Ooh, I, that's me. rough. Double check on that. Uh, Greg Joseph's field goal percentage for his career would rank about twentieth in the NFL each of the last three years. His uh, extra point percentage for his career oh, would wow. rank bottom five. Yeah, I told you, it's not the years. field goals. It's not the field goals that bothers me. It's the extra so, uh, one point two million is guaranteed. So yeah, ooh. They're just going with the guy, huh? Seems that way. Yeah. Um, you know the I number do... one kicker in PFF rankings, by the way, Daniel Carlson. Don't even yep. remind us that. Ron Johnson joins here momentarily. His greatest regret. <laughs> Not Ponder. Not Cordero. Ron Johnson should join momentarily on the Minnesota football party. Arif wanted to give you congratulations for successfully parlaying your way to an XFL victory last weekend. Well done. 
Hooray. I'm glad. I have no idea what's going on. Did uh, did Ben DiNucci play? That's a Brian question. He did? And they covered? Mm-hmm. All right. I always I always believed in him. Ron Johnson is the host of the Ron Johnson Show. That is on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, with the roundtables on Friday. Ron, welcome into the show. He's on Twitter at three Ron Johnson. Uh, we've been talking Vikings moves, of course, on this show. Mm-hmm. Of all the moves you've seen, Ron, do you have a favorite that the Vikings have made this week? Uh, honestly, no. I don't really have a favorite. Um, I think all of them are. I mean, I've been in this business for a long time. I played the game, and so I look at free agency. You can get as excited as you want, like Orlando Brown. Everybody's talking about Orlando Brown. Who knows if that's going to work out? You know, it seems like a great pickup. It seems like a great signing. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs lost out, but is that going to, in the end, be worth it to them? And so you never really know. Uh, the one thing I will say is Brian Flores getting Byron Murphy Jr. And I think that's the one for me that at least makes me a little bit like, okay, they do have corners, uh, or sorry, one corner right now solidified as the starter. Uh, he is coming off injury as well. So where does that you know stand? So it's kind of annoying, I guess I'd say, because your free agent cornerback comes off injury. Uh, your other corners are were on injured reserve or hurt. Uh, Duke Shelley, who knows what he wants to come back, but clearly he wants to come back, but can they afford him? Uh, or do they think he's worth the money? But I will say Byron Murphy Jr., just from talking to Ryan Clark at ESPN uh, about him, He's a savvy corner. Uh, he can play in the slot and he can play outside. He, he's a really good man, zero coverage corner, but also recognizes routes, understands scheme, and can play zone. So he, he basically said, if you, you look at Brian Flores, it depends. Is he going to kind of have a Patriots look where it's multiple set defenses? Byron Murphy fits in there. Is it going to be a zero coverage look where it's a lot of pressure, a lot of man coverage with one high or no high safeties? Um, Byron Murphy fits in there too because if they motion and it's man – he, he's comfortable covering within the slot. As you see from a, a lot of his highlights, he's jumping routes. So I'd say he's the one that at least gets my blood going. Ron, what do you got for Ron? Uh, I was going to ask, of wide receivers that are out there right now, do you think the Vikings picking up a wide receiver in free agency? Like, is there anybody that would get you juiced up, or are we just kind of waiting for the draft? Uh, well, I mean, Odell Beckham, we do know the Vikings, uh, they had staffers out at his workout, so they have looked at him. Uh, I'm not sure what he actually wants. Rumors are he wants $20 million. I don't think the Vikings or anybody is going to pay that, um, coming off the injury that he had, but I wouldn't be surprised because Kevin O'Connell, uh, Wes Phillips, all those guys work with Odell Beckham at some point. And so you have to kind of imagine that maybe, uh, that's a receiver they're talking to, um, explaining to him like, hey, we're a contender. If you come here, X, Y, Z. But we know the New Orleans Saints have reached out to him. We know the Dallas Cowboys have players uh, petitioning for him. So uh, a lot of people want him. Uh, can you afford him? And is he worth the money that he wants? Uh, as far as the other receivers, honestly, when you look at Josh Oliver, it's almost 270 pounds. He's a true blocking but big tight end as well they can still catch balls off play action can control the middle of the field on some of the quick pop stuff uh you know running up the seam taking a hit from a safety he's not afraid to do that and so uh it it does make me believe that they're gonna have more of a of a 
of a 12 personnel with two tight ends versus always starting off in three receiver sets. Um, so I don't know if if a third receiver or, or a second receiver, and if, if you don't think KJ Osborne is two, I don't really see them going after a receiver in free agency. At least that's just how I feel right now. Arif? Do you think that the Oliver signing him, mean, you mentioned how, you know, his primary uh, way we understand him is as a blocking tight end. I know that's not what he was in college, but he played so well in that position for the Ravens. Do you think that that signing along with, you know, the obvious talent that Hawkinson had means that they're going to move to having more two tight end sets, emphasizing receivers less often? I mean, you have Justin Jefferson, you might as well uh, just, uh, just have him maybe even ISO out there. But like, do you think we're going to have more two tight end sets as a result of this? Yeah, I mean, I don't see the purpose of going out and getting the tight end like that because you had Irv Smith Jr., uh, you had Ben Ellison. So clearly, you know, what they had, they weren't completely happy with. Uh, when you look at all the tight ends in their cupboard, if they were to say, hey, we need to run the ball here, we have to run the ball, uh, who are we going to put in there? It's TJ Hawkinson. And TJ Hawkinson, I, I sat down with him for an hour or so doing an interview, and and he kind of said, look, I want to be a tight end that's in all three downs. I want to be able to block. I want to be able to uh, catch, run. I want to do everything. But at the end of the day, is that truly going to be the best for his skill set? Uh, when you think about like how the 49ers utilize George Kittle, what do they do? They use Hughes check as kind of that additional blocking tight end type receiver. And so I, I see Josh Oliver having like a Hughes check uh, 49ers type of role where he's going to motion to the backfield. He can lead block for Dalvin or Madison. Uh, he can motion across, changing the front uh, for the linebackers where he now makes, you know, the, if they called it weak, now it's the strong side. But if they don't shift properly or they don't change that front properly, you can quickly run counter back to that side if he comes off the line of scrimmage, moves Justin Jefferson up, motions over to TJ Hawkinson, now you have two big bodies blocking probably a nickel because it, when Hawkinson is in the game, I don't know too many teams that want to cover him with a true linebacker. And that's where I think the Vikings could take advantage. If they go 12 um, and, they're, and they have a bunch of linebackers out there, you can spread out Hawkinson as your second receiver. If you go that same look and they put nickel in, you can bring Hawkinson down, put him on the same side as Oliver, and you can run the ball right down their throat because now you have Hawkinson – uh, blocking basically a nickel or a safety, and I'll take that matchup any day. And I think that's what Kevin O'Connell wants to get to is more of a traditional 49ers type where whatever you do, you can't guess right because I can do something to counter it. And I think that's why uh, Shanahan's offense is so great um, because it's just so many facets. And I think that's what Kevin O'Connell really wants to get to. Ron, what's your best prediction on how this running back room is going to look next year now that we know Madison is back, Wang Wu and Chandler, um, Dalvin Cook's still in flux. What's your best guess as to what that room is going to look like? Yeah, uh, that's a tough one. But again, if, if you truly want to run the ball, you have to keep Dalvin Cook. But I see a lot of rumors out there like uh, James Cook. You know, he did the eyes emoji when somebody, uh, which is, I, I, it's, it's funny how players are falling for these non uh credible tweet twitter people because they have blue check marks they pay eight dollars for because people are like oh that's as much as a coffee give me a coffee like my coffee is gonna be way better than a damn blue check mark that i paid for monthly like i will gladly spend six to seven dollars on a coffee every month versus having a blue check mark that's not gonna wake me up in the morning so Whatever it is, but I saw the guy that tweeted it because I went to his Twitter account 
and he paid eight bucks. So he just tweeted this out about Dalvin Cook getting traded, and James Cook fell for it, and he's the eyes emoji and tagged his brother. And Dalvin's probably over there, like, texting him, like, dude, don't tag me in this. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's not a real person. That's freaking SpongeBob. Like, what are you doing? And so I, I think that's the key with Dalvin Cook is uh, whether some of these trades might actually happen. Uh, you know, of course, the Vikings are going to do their due diligence. If they're if somebody's willing to give up a first or second round pick, probably they're like, uh, maybe we we look at this because we can have a cheap running back in Alexander Madison. Maybe draft a running back as well. When you look at this running back class, uh, maybe there's a free agent running back out there they've had their eyes on this whole time. When you look at the Rams formula, the chief formula of having just two okay backs, not great, not 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 bad though, and and very serviceable. The Eagles as well. Um, I, I could see the Vikings maybe going that way if they know they can save a ton of money and get Dalvin's salary off their books. Um, Ron, we're up against the clock, but in closing, do you want to talk a little smack about your bracket? I know March Madness is underway now. Yeah, it started at 11.15. I did my bracket kind of Jay-Z style, you know, one take, freestyle, one minute. I don't need to write it down. I didn't think too hard about it, and the reason I did that is I didn't want to overthink my picks because I've done that in the past where I made picks, and then I go back and I regret them. I regret some of the picks already, not going to lie. Like, I think I got Texas going way too far. <laughs> um, after I thought about it, I'm like, damn, Texas might not go this far. Like, they, they are shit, but I Houston's do good, believe – I, but I do believe of all the one seeds, Houston to me is the most vulnerable, as well as Perdont, because Perdont has to beat Duke. And I don't think Purdue can beat Duke. And that's why I got Duke going to the uh, final four. So uh, it's got to work out. And then, of course, Reggie, we know Reggie's been following Mizzou. I think Mizzou's going to lose to Utah State right out the gate. Yeah. So that's where I'm hoping to gain points on Reggie, because I know he took Mizzou probably to the Elite Eight or Sweet 16 at the, at the best. Uh, they're going to probably lose to Utah State, I hope, because then that makes my bracket look a lot better. Um, other than that, I know Sam's big on the 12 versus fives. I can't remember which 12 that I Sam picked to win, um, but I did pick one 12 to beat a five uh, just because, you know, paying honor I think, to Sam. I think the first 12 seed I saw in my bracket, I think I picked. I was like, but, all right, I can't I remember which one I picked, but I know I picked a 12 to beat a five. Um, and I can't remember which. It might have been in the Midwest bracket, but I'm not sure. I, I'm going to print it out today. It's going to be in my office, uh, probably behind me for the rest of the uh, shows in the next you yeah. know, couple of days. Uh, but other than that, you know, my wife, first thing my wife asked me last night was, are we going to have to hear about every time one of your teams loses, you're going to be like, dang, I shouldn't have picked that team. And I'm like, yep, it's that time of the year where every turn, like we're in the airport, when we're sitting down for dinner. Um, like I got, like I just told Sam, my other computer, my other laptop, of course, conked out on me today randomly. I charged it up, and then it just went off as I logged into the show. So I'm down to one laptop and an iPad and a TV. So I got to go to to buy. I can't give out free promotion of where I'm going to go buy, but I got to go buy another laptop because I got to have an additional one, not for the games, but for Locked On. Uh, so it's time of for course. me to go buy a new one. But, yeah, right. I mean, it, it's, killing my, it's killing my opportunity to have, like, four screens of games up at the same time because later tonight – or, no, sorry – uh, next week is when it kind of hits you. you get all of them at the same time and then i think later today uh after, as, after a couple games kick off you'll have a couple at the same time so i'm looking forward to that today and tomorrow oh yeah uh, i looked at the pool we've got 70 entries now remember you put up your money if somebody beats the locked on hosts there's eight locked on hosts that have entered so there's 62 brackets ron that could that could force you to pay out the bonus are you nervous yeah. 
Uh, no, I'm not nervous. I don't think anybody's better than me. Nobody's better than me. I wake up every day and I piss excellence, so I'm good. <laughs> Confident man. With that, we say goodbye to Ron Johnson. We'll talk to you on the roundtable on Friday morning. Appreciate it. Awesome. Can't wait to hear more about how the brackets go today. Rookie Bobby and the Jay-Z reference in there. That's good. Yeah, that was dynamic. Um, that's it. That's all for our show today. Sorry about the voice. Um, I'll try to do better tomorrow and the next time. Uh, that's Arif Hassan. That's Luke Braun. I'm Sam Ekstrom at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Make sure to comment below. Uh, let us know what you think about the Vikings free agency so far, who else you would like to pursue, and what moves you disagree with. Uh, big thanks to Ron Johnson for joining us as well. This has been the Minnesota Football Party on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Until next time, see ya.